Welcome to the Uncanny Adventures podcast. Thank you for listening to Uncanny Adventures. If you'd like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash uncanny underscore adventures. Also, thanks to our current patrons, Joe Peabody, McAngus, PowerScore RPG, Scott Borland, and the Dungeon Matster. Enjoy the show. We are back. Hi, we're back with Uncanny Adventures, Call of Cthulhu, Reign of Terror. Uh, this is what will pro- probably be our penultimate episode. Second to last, uh, ne- next time we play... Could be the end of the world. But we're back with our uh, intrepid investigators, and we're going to go around and have them say hello before we jump back into the action. So, how about we start with Scott? And I just realized I have to move you into the right box, Scott, because you're not you, and nobody's themselves right now. Everybody's crazy. So I'm just going to move everybody around. (laughs) But you can introduce while I move everybody. I don't know which way you're pulling my box. (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay, so hi. I'm Scott. I am Christoph Pressy, and imagine I'm Leonard DiCaprio from Titanic, but he's French during the French Revolution. That's pretty much all. And Jamie, why don't you tell us who you are today? I'm Jamie. I'm Etienne Babon, who we discovered is the Velma of the Scooby Gang. <laughs> my hand. I dropped my hand. I can't do anything without my hand. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, and Dylan. Hi, I'm Dylan, and I'm playing. Uh, Jean Duplois, who's a 50-plus-year-old drunkard with a dog and nothing to live for. So. Aw, Duplois. Well, that just took a dark turn. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Enjoy now, long walks on the beach. And now everybody should actually be in their right boxes after you've introduced yourselves, and we've discovered who we all actually are. So, mm. oops. <laughs> um, so, yes, we're back with our Reign of Terror adventure. Uh, when last we met the group had been in search of they they discovered some information from an ancient tome that their friend the ghoul had acquired for them and they were looking for Dietrich Zahn and the woman who had been with him in Count Funelik's house five years ago so the party split up Pressy and Melody went in search of them in one area of France while Babon and Dupois searched for them elsewhere. Eventually, they were able to track down some information, which led them to an attic apartment somewhere in near the theater district of Paris. And they made their way upstairs and knocked at the door of the attic residence. The door opened to a familiar face from five years ago. And when Celine saw the investigators standing on her doorstep, remembering the night at Count Fenelik's, Remembering her arrest afterward, she wasn't exactly happy to see them. And with a scream in Babon's face as he stood in the doorway with his comrades uh, coming up the stairs behind him, she reached for the nearest item on the table in order to, what appears to be, to uh, bludgeon him with it. So, first thing I want you guys to tell me is, what are your dexterities? Uh, 45. 50. <laughs> I am 70. Oh, you're old. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, he's very fast. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't use random things on the table. We just used the table. That may very well be <laughs> no, Don't joke about that. A table attacked us yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's why I joked it. <laughs> that thing was stronger than a sun sword. I'll tell you what. 
All right. So in this moment, the door is opened. Selene uh, looks at you, Bebon. She sh- shrieks at the top of her lungs, backpedals. The little toddler who had poked his head around uh, at, at her feet, his eyes go wide in surprise. He cries and he runs and hides behind a chair by the kitchen table. Uh, but Pressy, you are you are in the hallway behind Bebon as this woman lets out this shrill shriek in a panic. What do you do? Um, so she's got something in her hand, like a... Yeah, her hand, she reaches for the table and she, like, picks up... It looks like she's got maybe a rolling pin that she grabs, and she's coming up with it. Um, he's probably, he was probably gonna say something, but then seeing her going immediately to violence after we, uh, were so nice to her before and didn't, you know, shoot her, or worse at the mansion gave our best word as possible for her on the arrest. So her sentence would be minimal not a dungeon for life or whatever it would be in this area. Um, he's going to try to, um, disarm her, I guess. Okay. Um, so I will let you, uh, you can either roll, um, like a brawl to try to grab a hold and disarm her, or you can do it. Uh, if it's better, you can use an intimidate to try to get her to drop what she's coming at Bevon with, whichever is better, whichever you think is more appropriate for Pressy. I think brawl is actually better. Is that a skill? That's yeah. Fi- yeah. It would be a fighting brawl. Oh, yeah, much better. Okay, let's do that. All right, so you go out. She uh, attempts as you come through the door around Babon. She uh, sees you coming and attempts to, uh, she's trying to get out of the way of you grabbing for her. Uh, But she does not. You manage to get your hand, like, around her wrist and sort of hold her fast. And she's like, let me go, let me go. We only want to talk. Make a persuasion roll, or you can. Or you're being nice, so make a persuasion. Yeah, I don't have fun. Please don't make me fast talk. He's surprisingly not good at fast talk. <laughs> oh, he's even worse at persuade. Right. Oh, well, hey, at least do sixteen. Nice. She says, "You, you, you arrested us. You put us. You, you and your men. You took us into custody. You could have let us go. All we wanted was to escape. You come back to finish the job." And the little boy is crying behind the table. Uh, Babon, what are you doing as this is happening? Uh, um, I'm gonna come into the room a little bit with my cane that I stole off the old prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about it too until we were doing the recap. I was like, oh right, I have that cane. Hey, that toots. <laughs> How you doing, sweetie? <laughs> um, I'm gonna come in and like hold both my hands up and kind of building off what Pressy said, be like, we don't mean you any harm. We want to talk. That's all. All right. We're not even with the military anymore. You can attempt to persuade her as well. No. Uh, she's looking back and forth wildly. She looks over her shoulder, and both of you are now in the room, and you can see, um, you see Dietrich. Uh, he's on the other side of the room. 
he's there's a bed kind of between you all and where he is. His back is to you while this is all happening. He hasn't reacted to her scream or to any of this happening. He's just sort of facing the wall and his hands seem to be moving in front of him back and forth a little bit. But he seems completely oblivious to what is going on right now. Um, <clears throat> so Celine still seems like she is terrified, so she is going to try to uh, pull away from you, Pessy. So, she is going to roll her own fighting brawl to shove you off. You... Uh, yeah, so you can roll... Which, uh, yeah, she tries to pull away. You don't even have to roll. Okay. And yeah, I'm looking at that. Yeah. And so, you have a firm grasp on her. Dupois. Hmm. What do you want to do? I'm probably going to walk inside and close the door behind us. All right, Bonaparte like, runs in before you close it. Yeah, well, of course. You know, just so, like, if she does make it out of the hold and, like, tries to run, you know, she can't just run in the hallway screaming. Uh, and then I'm probably going to go over to... Dietrich and I guess I'll wave my hand like in front of his face to see if he's like just out of it or what. Alright, so you, uh, as Babon and Pressy are dealing with Celine, um, Bonaparte runs over to the little toddler who's crying oh. and he's still crying but he does that little like puppy <laughs> and Bonaparte starts licking him and the little boy, like, is crying but petting Bonaparte at the same time. But it quiets him enough. Like, he's not getting hysterical anymore. Um, you Bonaparte, now! Get him! Eat <laughs> 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 the baby, no. Uh, so you make your way around uh, the bed. And you step up next to where Dietrich is. And you go to, you kind of wave your hand in front of his face. And he says something. It's, it's almost inaudible. But he says, I, I must get it out. Then we can be happy again. And his he at this point he does sort of turn and indicate like Celine and the baby with a hand before he turns back toward the wall and his hands start moving back and forth in front of him again. He's doing like a a playing motion, right? Yes. Mm. Okay. You also notice uh, in the corner, like off to one side, because he's not holding a violin or any instrument, you see uh, the pieces of a shattered violin in the corner of the room. And Celine, seeing you over by him, she says, stay away from him. Leave him alone. We need to ask him about something. He's in no fit state to answer your questions. Well, maybe you are then. Something that happened at Finelick's mansion. Uh, you see, when you say that name, like her eyes go wide and she sort of quiets and she kind of goes like, Pressy, you feel her stop kind of pulling and the rolling pin drops from her hand and hits the floor. She just stares over at Dupois. What? How to explain this? <laughs> uh, oh boy. To, mm, to pro probably just sort of 
sit down on the bed and say, he's a musician, isn't he? She looks at you and she says, yes, he, he was. Hmm. Can he still play? She says, shattered the violin. It's no good for him. Why is that? Because he's like this. He was all right when he still worked in the theater, but ever since he lost his job, it has only gotten worse. And as you look like standing there and talking to her, you notice like the, the plaster walls of the by Razanis, it looks like they've been uh, sort of like there's big patches torn out, but it looks like there like may have been writing on the wall before it was like ripped apart. Okay. <clears throat> Are we still in turns? Uh, no, you, you can do something now that okay. she's focused yeah. attention on Dupois. When she dropped a rolling pin and stuff, he lets her go and stuff. Hmm. She collects the little boy up. And she says, it's all right, Oronimus. It's all right. It's okay. He's like, yeah. puppy. Puppy? His name's Bonaparte. Bobaparte. Aw. Dupont doesn't do that, but I do. <laughs> Dupont probably looks frustrated like, no, that's not it. Dupont, Dupont probably like reaches for his pistol for a moment and is like, no. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Not today. Well, I was thinking he would reach for a flask and he realizes he doesn't have it on him anymore. I know, I don't have... Uh, so sad. Oh god, he lost his alcohol. It's the end of the world, I told you. Yeah. So, Dupois, since you're standing over there, you can roll me a spot hidden. Sure. Um, spot hidden. <laughs> nope. Right. So you can't really discern what the, the, the markings are, but you can just see that there are markings left on the piece of the wall that weren't gouged out or scratched away. I mean, I think I have an idea, but yeah. She says, what do you want? You're not doing anyone any good being here. We want to stop this as I motion my hand over at him playing at nothing with no instrument. We're trying to save him and, and you and everyone. Can you can you save can you save Dietrich? Yes. We um we can, as I look over at everybody. He has uh probably has slight worry in his face. But then he looks back at her and says, But I'm not sure if he'll be able to help us in this state. Well, I don't know how to, to get him to stop. He said he had to get it out. No, I will not let him play that awful thing. No? Uh, that That's a good idea. Hmm. We don't know what it's going to do yet. I smashed his violin. He can't play anyway. What did the... Actually, DuPont doesn't probably remember either, so he probably asks. What did the book say about... Music. Uh, so, <laughs> Melody, well, Melody, who slipped in alongside Pressy. Uh, thank God. She 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 <laughs> holds up the book and she says, "I have I have the book." 
I, I believe um, the song needs to be played for it to finish. Mm-hmm. She says, um, well, it said something about, and she, uh, it was uh, only the music can exercise the supreme being and a martyr who has heard the music must offer themselves as sacrifice. Hmm. So it, it sounds like he has to play it near a galt? Yeah, you have to, to wait for the thing to show up and then play it. I think, I think we have to hear his song. And one of us has to martyr ourselves. I wish I hadn't given that old lady my alcohol. <laughs> Has he played the song too? She says, I broke that violin before he could ever play the music. None have heard his music. Mm. <sighs> what can I don't we know do? where they get a violin. <laughs> what can we do to convince you to let us listen to his song once? Then, and then that's it. After that, we're out of your hair. We're gone. What will listening to this awful, awful music, what will it do? It will end something that started the night that we killed Count Fenelik. And from, and from the looks of it, it will help relieve some tension as he looks over at him. Mm-hmm. She looks at him, she looks at you all, um, and I need someone to mm-hmm. make either a charm or persuade roll. Um, since you guys are all helping, I'll give whoever makes the roll a bonus to it. So you get a bonus um, die. My persuade's a 50. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, charm, wow. 55. Mine are both 15, so it's not going to be me. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can charm with the advantage because that will give us a slightly better shot at it. Okay, uh, he says with the advantage, your child needs a father. It's not a father like this. Ooh. Um, so she she looks at you and she says, I don't think it will help him. I think it's a terrible idea. As you needed a hard success to Of course. Of course we did. Damn it. So so you all see like she seems set, like she doesn't want him to play this. Is it only if he plays it around you? What if we take him somewhere else? That is, I don't think that's her concern. I am afraid that it will do more harm than good. Well, I we don't not, have a I, choice. Well, I will not leave Dietrich's side. Whatever, whatever happens to Dietrich happens to me. Well, if we don't listen to it, you're both going to get the same fate. Hmm. Do you want to try to intimidate her, Babone? I mean, that wasn't really much of an intimidation, but sure. Like, I, that wasn't his intention behind it. But. Grr. Grr. I'm... Gosh, like, <laughs> I'll try. is, like, starting to get antsy, too. Mm. I got a success. Mm. Not a hard success. Not a hard. She says, he doesn't even have an instrument. You can't... He can't play without an instrument anyway. Then we'll get one. We'll get one. I, th- I think this is a terrible idea. 
Well, no one cares what you think. We have to do this. It's either we listen to this song or the whole world ends. Your choice. Well, what would you be willing to do to keep your husband and your child safe? Would you be willing to sacrifice yourself for that? I would do, I would do anything to protect them, and especially, and she picks up Aronimus again and rubs his head, especially my boy. I look at everybody, you guys probably know what I'm thinking. Mm, I think I know what you're thinking, yeah. Mm. Mm. Wait, no, wait, no, she hasn't heard the song. She stops him before she hears it. She's does. not. Yeah. She's- None of it, no one has heard the full song. And as that whole thing about the song has to exercise the supreme being, I feel like it, something else needs to hear it. Hmm. Like, the way it was worded made me think that, like, it has to be played in front of Regald or whatever this thing is in order to work. Well, what was it? Someone has to martyr themselves who's heard it. So the song is going to exercise the supreme being. Someone who's heard the full song has to martyr themselves to stop it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know if, like, just playing it in this attic is going to do anything to exercise the supreme being. Did he have more than just that violin? Did he have music sheets? You see her glance at the walls that are now <laughs> in, in... That's what I thought. That's what I figured it was. At that point, now Pressy's examining the walls. Can you do a spot hidden? Yeah, yes. Babo was going to go look over at them now, too. You both can look. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you both, uh, Ooh, critical. You, oh, you look and, uh, Pressy. Hey, cockroach walked like this exact track. I can see mm-hmm. the cockroach trail. And Babon, you know <laughs> that it's, uh, definitely a small musical notes in a pattern all over the place that still is there, but you can see where the big chunks are missing, where it looks like someone just clawed them out and broke them apart. And you see the dust on the floor that was the, the wall. So it's not the complete thing. There's still chunks taken out of it. Oh yeah. Okay. I go. I go up to him. I go up to him. Our our ghost fiddler. Mm -hmm. And um, I say, would you be able to write this? He he says, it's it's here. I can. I if I just had, I could play it, and then we could be safe. And she's like, he doesn't eat. He doesn't drink. Don't, don't let him finish his work. He's he's insane. He's lost <laughs> his mind. You shouldn't listen to him. We've met a lot of crazy people on this crazy adventure of ours. That's true. That's very valid. No, I'm crazy for all I know. She says, I will not help you in this endeavor. I will not I will not help you to, to do this. I think it I think that it is bad for him. This, this has been nothing but bad for him for these five years. Hmm. Five years have been bad for all of France. That's Getting rid of the king was a mistake. I go to pull out a piece of paper and quill and ink. Would he be able to do anything with it? Uh, you go to hand it to him and, and he seems to not be able to, like, 
like he just wants to play. You see, like he seems lost to it, like it's stuck in his head. He put, um, it, he put it down once, and now he's like memorized it. The the notes on the wall. Is it like? Is there like a music staff to it where like I can tell what the notes are? Like the specific note is, or is it just more like it's it's more like just random likeness? Like okay, yeah. so like looking at, it, I can't say that it goes A to E or anything like that. Right. We're not sure what octave it's at or anything. Yeah, <laughs> nothing so that like I could start writing at least down the parts we know. You don't think you could uh, recreate this with what's left on the wall? Okay. So I may as well just write down. Or, like, copy what we do have and, like, leave the gaps to it just so we can have something with us. Percy okay. starts copying what's on the wall. He is yeah. really good at music. Okay. You see, uh... Like, I'm sure Babone will probably help him since he... Babone can, like, see... Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You point he out missing parts. He hasn't done much fit lately, but you remember he's a really good singer. Mm-hmm. So on our way here, did we happen, like we're in the theater district, did mm-hmm. we pass like any shops that might sell like instruments or something? Um, you did pass like a few shops. Uh, it is later at night now, so they'd be closed now. Yeah. Um, but you also passed, I mean, any number of theaters that would hmm. have instruments in the orchestra probably stored in the buildings. Okay. Imagine being proficient with an accordion. That having to play it on the accordion. Bagpipes. Bagpipes are actually Here's a harmonica. Do your best, sir. <laughs> oh, I was about to go grab my harmonica. <laughs> Start playing. Wait, this sounds like it's the end of the world as we know it. What? <laughs> <laughs> so Melody is sitting with Bonaparte and uh, little Hieronymus has run back over to play with the dog. And so she's kind of playing like a game with him too. And they're sort of rolling like there's this little ball that Hieronymus was playing with and they roll it for Bonaparte and he chases it through the room while you guys are doing this. Well, we have to get him an instrument, I guess. Well, she still says she wasn't going to let us. We don't need her permission. That's true. She puts her hands on her hips. Looking at Dupois. Dupois just sort of gives her a dirty look right back. It's like, really lady. (laughs) We're three grown men. I don't think you can stop us. Her eyes flicker to the fallen rolling pin under the table. And you see like her... Percy kicks it further under the table. (laughs) (laughs) She she looks away. She seems somewhat defeated by this. And he he just looks at her like... (laughs) Try it. (laughs) She goes and sits uh, on the edge of the bed, just looking from Dietrich back to little Hieronymus. I'd, I'd rather have this not come to violence. Be nice. But beating her up won't get us any closer. You're, you're thinking oh. this might be sexism on Pressy's part because she's a beautiful lady? No, I mean, no. Why well, doesn't really want to beat her up either? Yeah. It wouldn't she, accomplish anything for us. She's more like she just wants to protect her family, doesn't quite grasp the seriousness of everything. 
to be fair, I don't think anybody ever would. <laughs> oh, the it, world's ending because uh, uh, the guillotine has symbols on it. Okay, <laughs> the dude whose life force is protected by skulls. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. Um, <laughs> man, I don't know. <sighs> I kind of just want to like just grab the dude and jump out the window or something. <laughs> I all we have to do is get him an instrument. I just don't know where we would get one. Could wait until morning and ask around. I have money, so could buy one. I feel like one of us would have to go get the instrument. The other two stay here to keep an eye on her. Hmm. Because if we all leave, she's probably just going to book it. That is reasonable. Melody's like, I could stay with them. All right, then Melody and I will stay. (laughs) All right. right. We'll split the party. Yeah. Again. (laughs) Are you going to. Daphne always stay behind. So are you guys going to wait until morning, or are you going to try and procure something this evening? In case you steal from a theater in the middle of the night. How many days do we have again? So you are, today is the fifth, so you basically have two more full days and then the eighth. Ah. Okay. I think we can. I feel like the way we've been rolling tonight, trying to break into a theater is not going to go well. Yeah. And it would just bring attention we don't want on ourselves. Exactly. So, best to lay low, I think. So I guess we'll just wait until morning. Alright, so do you all stay in Celine and Dietrich's attic apartment? For Tiny long? apartment? Uh, awkwardly, yeah. 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 My mom's probably gonna, like, sleep sitting up, leaning against the door, so that, like, if Celine tries to leave... She has to move him. Mm. Pressy tries to hum the parts that he has written down to himself mm. quietly. So, Pressy, almost like he's practicing, at least as much as he can. Uh, so, do you want to roll me a performance check there, or uh, the musical art? What's it? Arts music for you? Uh, yeah, sure. But he's like, he's not trying to be loud or anything. Mm. He's not presenting it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, you're 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 mm-hmm. kind of like mm, it, it. It does not seem to be coming along very well whatsoever. <laughs> it's like going from the the nice um, court ballroom kind of music I'd, I'd expect from this era to just like eighties, just like this dun 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 dun. dun. You know, it's just like way too many ups and downs. Mm-hmm. I understand it. All right, so you guys, uh, you rest for the evening. Uh, Celine seems a bit put off that you're staying, but. Melody tries to kind of get her into conversation, sort of like calm her down a little bit. Yvonne um, <laughs> doesn't care anymore. Yvonne doesn't give a shit either. He's well, just like... While well, you guys are just sitting there, just suddenly like uh, a sig just it ends up right in front of you, freshly lit. <laughs> and you see me with uh, a certain somebody's cigarette case. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, he offers you each a sig. I'll take a sig. Okay. The world's ending might as well. 
I, I was just thinking this area. It's like, oh, that's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. The, because you are staying, uh, Celine does offer you um, what little hospitality they have. They don't seem to have much, but she does offer like they've got a little bit of bread. She has a there's a little bit of wine, but not much. Um, and you notice that Dietrich just stays like off by himself over on that side, just continuing to phantom play mm-hmm. his musical selection. But you spend the evening. Uh, and the morning comes, you can hear the hustle and bustle of the streets start to pick up outside. Let's do this thing. Mm-hmm. Aronimus, uh, he, you, when you wake up, Dupois, like if you, you know, you guys take turns, when you wake up, you see, uh, Aronimus has, uh, like curled up with Bonaparte. God, he horrible. he crawled out of, like he crawled out of the bed because they seem to share the same bed the family because it's just the one and he crawled out and was with the dog. Hmm. Okay, I won't bother going apart or Bopa part. No, Bopa part. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't bother them when we get up. I'll just you know, I'll get ready and get my money and stuff. Yeah, I'll get my money ready. We go and shop. Polish yeah. my pimp cane a little bit, make it look a little nicer. <laughs> I think you need to buy a new outfit to go with your cane. I do. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my eye out for some new fancy clothes. I mean, like you go nice, to the theater; they probably have a few costumes. Like a nice purple suit with the lapels out to like here. Mm-hmm. Nice cheetah skin hat. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's this high class quality like cheetah skin yep. mm-hmm. not even cheetah print literal cheetah skin <laughs> so um, you know that uh, you do need to be a little bit careful to both Duplois and uh, Babon as yeah. the, uh, the area where you are you're only a few blocks from Regalt's dwelling so, so you know not to go. You know that you need to stay a little ways away from there, especially because yeah. you know he's usually home during the day. Okay, that's fine. Um. So, as Pressy and Melody stay behind to keep an eye on the family. Well, <laughs> on. Bye. Uh, the two don't of, get beat up. The two of you leave. Uh, Go down the stairs, down to the to the first floor from the attic apartment. You hmm. come out onto the main road, um, looking about. You can see, you know, most of the theaters are closed at this hour. You do see just up the block at the end the uh, the theater. Um, what's what's the name? The theater Fado, which is uh, the door is kind of boarded over and closed. It looks like it's been closed down permanently. Um, but you know that the the market is only a few uh, blocks down the road heading toward the river. So you know you could probably go and find something at the market if you so chose. I wonder if there's anything in the theater. Hmm. Shut down. Anything left behind. Awesome. Cool. Hmm. Go in there and it's just a whole new Cthulhu adventure. It's literally Cthulhu. Just chilling there. Hey. hey guys. Hi guys. Hey guys, you found me. So these bleachers are kind of small. He's got like one butt cheek on like three. <laughs> it is like 
the whole theater is just too small, so he's all hunched over. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think getting in there would draw attention as well. True. We had to pull things off of doors. I guess we could just head to the market then. Hmm. Or we could wait for one of the other theaters to open and see if we might not be able to buy something off someone there. I feel like they wouldn't be willing to really part with their instruments at the theater, though. Probably not, but we give them enough money, maybe. <laughs> Dupont's not very attached to his money right now. Well, we can try the market first. I'll probably like, eat up yeah. time. By the time we get back, the theaters could be open. Hmm. Hmm. Alright. So you both head up the road toward the river, heading for the market. Um... While you're going along, do you guys want to roll me some spot hidden checks? Sure, Jeanette. I mean, that's up to you. <laughs> um, so, as you are moving along up the road, and you get um, within a couple blocks of the uh, market, you, Bebon, you keep, like, kind of keeping your eye out, glancing around. Mm-hmm. You see, um, and it could be just you're heading in the same direction, but there seems to be someone who is kind of staying a block or so behind the two of you as you proceed, sort of mm-hmm. following along. You think you may have picked up a tail. No, uh, Babylon's going to lean out to the paw. We're being followed. Don't look. Mm-hmm. What should we do? Split up? We could. Split up, go different directions. Dupont's just sort of going to shake his head, and he's going to, like, turn off somewhere from where Babon is. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to kind of keep keeping the same path. All mm. right, so uh, when you peel off Dupont, do you wait until there's more of, like, a crowd of people? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you want to try and slip away so that they don't see where you go? Mm, yeah. Yeah, probably. You want to roll me a stealth check? Yeah, I'll do it. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. So let's see. All right, so apparently, Dupois, you uh, think that you have slipped your tail. Babon, you are not trying to lose them. So you see um, you see them hesitate for a minute when Dupois breaks off. And then as you continue on, you can see that they fall in to continue shadowing you. Okay. Uh-oh. I'm just going to kind of keep going, like trying not to let... Whoever's following me know that I know they're there. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to make sure, like, my cane is clicking as I go along. All right. So where are you headed in the market? So you kind of walk into the market, and there's, you know, various... There's farmers' carts that have come into the city. There's various, like, people selling just cloth. There's other people selling some clothing... Um, and things like that. There's all different various types of uh, carts here. 
Um, I'm going to go to a clothing cart first. Mm-hmm. just because I know this person's following me. So, like, I'm trying to make it look like I'm just looking at clothes and, like, not letting this person kind of know what my actual motive is. Okay. So I'm to kind of just make it look like I'm just shopping. All right. Hmm. So, you're shopping, Dupois. You broke away. Where do you go? I probably take a more circuitous route to the market, and then I'm going to look for, like, an instrument store. You know. Okay, so why don't you roll me a spot check to see if you can find Is that spot just spot hidden? Okay. Man, freaking hiding there. <laughs> Instrument stores. Hey. Shit, alright. They can't hide anything from you, Dupois. So you I mean why not? You poke around and uh it takes a little doing because it's it's not like a big market for instruments and things like that. But you eventually do find um someone who is sort of a craftsman who has various instruments and you okay. do see, you do see that they do have, they're not the greatest quality, but they do have a handful of these violins and things like that. There's some, they, well, do, they do have some drums. It looks like that they made. Okay. I'm going to see about buying a violin then. All right. So they tell you, Oh, um, they have them for a few sous, And then there's a one or two nicer ones you can get for a couple livre. Probably buy a nicer one. I mean, I have money, so. Oh, you see the the man. He said, "Oh yes, of course. This this is the finest one that I have. This would cost you three sous, or I'm sorry, hmm. three livre." Okay. Hmm. He seems surprised that you don't even want to barter with him. You just pay for it. You I need the instrument. You see him, he looks happily at the money because it's, you know, it seems like, you know, his his clothing seems like it was nice at one time, but it's like, he, you can tell it's kind of fraying. It's been a tough market with the things that have been going on in, in Paris and in France itself. Thank you, monsieur. Ah, you're very welcome. I hope that it makes beautiful music for you. I'm sure it will. Have a wonderful day. Probably gives him a little bow and probably heads back out. Okay. Uh, so you, you slip back into the crowd after buying your instrument and disappear. Meanwhile, Bevon, you see that your tail, he's sort of like off in the crowd, like mm-hmm. pretending, it seems like he's pretending to peruse some other carts, but still like looking. Um... Uh, not that it's stealth, but I'd probably try and like slip in with a crowd. Like, mm-hmm. like if there's a marketplace, is there's usually just like the sudden swell of a crowd, and then <laughs> that, and then I also <laughs> just kind of like, like I have an itch. I take my little finger hand, and I'm just like <sighs> towards where the guy is. <laughs> All right, so you uh, slip into the crowd. Why don't you roll me a stealth check? Oh, I'm so bad at these. But that's what makes them so much fun. I know. <laughs> God right. no. So, so you slip into the crowd and you uh, mingle up amongst the people and start making your way back toward Dietrich's apartment. I, I probably 
like that's the end goal but i'm just gonna kind of because i'm probably not confident if i lost him or not but just like basically just start like wandering aimlessly throughout the city trying to just can really just confuse the guy he's kind of just like where is the hell is this guy going okay uh why don't you uh roll me a spot hidden roll okay um so so you look around and you don't see him uh behind you as you look like for you do like and then and then he's gone and then you mingle amongst the crowd and you don't see him for a while i mean i still probably do that where i don't go straight there i just kind of just start wandering around okay see if i can just make this guy just be like oh he's just an idiot so do while uh babon is wandering dupois what you have purchased the violin what do you do dupois probably head straight back okay so you head straight back for zan's apartment and you seem don't seem to have any issues as you uh, approach the building. No one okay. stops you. No one seems to be following or giving chase to you. Okay, I take the violin and I head upstairs with it. All right, you've not seen Babone for since you split up. I'm sure he'll be all right. He, he's a big boy. All right, Babone, how long do you wander around on your own? Um. Probably like a good half hour. Just, I'm just trying to just make it look like I'm just strolling throughout the entire city. I'm not actually going anywhere. All right. So, Pressy, uh, Babon and Dupois had left. Did you, you want to do anything special while they're gone? Mm, not, not really. Okay. So you you just kind of keep guard while Melody plays with uh, the little boy. And she's she seems to have calmed Celine down at least a little bit. Like she makes her a glass of tea and is sitting and playing with Aronimus as Bonaparte sort of bounds around the room. He goes up he goes up to Dietrich, but Dietrich pays him no mind. Bonaparte eventually gets frustrated and comes back over to play with the little boy. Actually, I probably tried to go over these notes again. Okay. Mm. Yeah, you're this. You you try this, and you have such a like inkling for music. Like you, it, you really do adore like music in itself. This just seems so wrong when you try to like hum it or like whistle it to yourself. Just the combination to you is just what like you don't understand it. Why anybody would would try to like it just does not sit well. No matter what octave you go to, you just you. It it comes out so horrible. I like think it's because it doesn't follow any rhythm or pattern. Mm. Like there's no, it's not even rolling the three five step, which that alone is very difficult to do. This even, is probably like uh, sixty seven seventy five step or something mm -hmm. crazy. Even rolling. the combination like of the notes to you seems just like chaotic and out of touch. So why why, why is there a single note on every line? <laughs> Am I supposed to play this long? You just, yeah, you oh. shake your head in frustration. Are those six Fs? How loud am I supposed to play this? <laughs> wow. Uh, and after after maybe an hour or so, you, you hear footsteps coming up the stairs. And 
Dupois eventually comes to the door. Oh, I see you get the violin. Hmm. Where's Bobo? Looking around back behind you. We were being followed. We split up. And you left him in the market? <laughs> it was a mutual decision. I went ahead, got the violin, as we needed it. Well, I put my hand out for the violin. Celine looks at the violin, her eyes sort of narrow a little bit. She looks very unhappy. Touch it. Don't you touch it, lady. <laughs> I will break your fucking hands. She's, she stays where she, like, where she is, kind of sitting at the edge of the bed. But her eyes, like, flit nervously toward Dietrich. Okay. I, uh, I'll hand the violin over to Pressy, and I'll turn to the lady, and I'll say, if you don't want to be here, take your son and go. She looks at you and she says, I am not leaving my husband. And Melody's like, should I take the, I can take the child in the courtyard to play. If you'd rather. Yeah, go take Bonaparte and go play. She looks at Pressy. Is that all right, Kristoff? I'll take him downstairs to the courtyard behind the building. We'll play fetch with the dog. Are you sure you'd be fine? I, th- I think so. The, the little boy seems to have taken to me. He seems all right. And Aronimus is like, Bob apart, ball, Bob apart. And you see him throw the ball and the dog chases after it happily. It's so cute. <laughs> Cthulhu can be cute. Can't believe this. It better yeah. not. It better not be, which it is right now, because that makes it even worse later. <laughs> Or is he's just imagining some freaking like doom crap happening to the puppy and child? Oh, Lord. Mel- Have you ever seen Full Metal Al- Alchemist? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. about to happen here. God damn it. Uh, so Melody will uh, go and collect the ball, and she walks over and she picks up Euronymous. And you see Celine, she looks and she walks over and she says, Baby, you be. You, you'll be good for your new friend. You're going to play. And he's like, okay, mama. I play with Bonaparte. I give, I give Bonaparte a big pat. And I, uh, I tell him to be a good boy. And watch, watch out for Melody and the, the kid. He'll like, he licks you on the face. And he looks at them. And then he seems like remiss to like leave you. He sort of... Come on. I can take care of myself. You take care of them. He gives a little bark, and he sort of runs after them as they go to the door. And she starts down the stairs. Get off here, you stupid dog. you big dumb animal. (laughs) (laughs) Just chucking rocks. Get out of here. Um, Pressy looks at Melody as long as as he can. Like a a, a parent the first time sending their kid to school. I thought you said a parent. (laughs) It's a parrot thing. Parrots their kids to parrot school, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now a parrot. I'm crazy. Rah. Okay. So, so crazy. Um, she ah. stops just before she goes out the door, and she blows you a kiss. Oh. 
And he she, does his normal thing where he like catches it or whatever. Oh Probably my god! Dupont just like fans the air. <laughs> she she smiles. She ruffles like Eronimus's hair, and she uh, turns and walks out the door with him. And you see Bonaparte run around her and you running down the stairs. Percy smiles for a brief moment, just seeing that she's happy, and uh, turns back into the room. I assume like one of you guys, because you're like older soldier men and you just see this romantic BS and just like like fart or something. <laughs> well I'm not there, so true. Paul probably just like <clears throat> let's get this over with. Celine right. looks around and says, Where is your tall friend? Losing somebody. He can take care of himself. She looks at Dietrich and she's like, I think this is a terrible idea. You really think it's going to help my husband? I think it will help everyone, yes. Not just your husband. I think it will help your son. It will help you. It will help Pressy here, the big idiot. Hey. Yeah, it's true. I'm an idiot too, to be fair. But we need, we need this. We need your husband to play. And he's going to play whether you think it's a good idea or not. Yeah, and you say that looking at her where you, you do see it looks like she's kind of gearing herself up to, to say no again. Do it. It's not going to stop anything. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> yeah. It's in the, as inevitable as her deaths. Do it. Well, Pressy, you have the violin. If you want to give it to him, that's... He looks at her questionably, takes a few steps forward, she... hesitates for just a moment to see if she what, how she reacts. She, you see her kind of move toward Dietrich, like, but trying to, like, not in a threatening way, but, like, almost to put herself bodily between you and him, like, protective. She seems, ter- like, you look at her and you can see, like, she seems just terrified for him. Mm. He is oblivious. Probably, Dupont probably just, like, plops down the bed. I pull some basketball maneuver where I, like, faint to the left. And then I go to the right. And you hand him the violin? Yeah. Alright. You see her, like, look surprised, like her mouth falls open. Uh, he sick moves, I couldn't see it. <laughs> it seems like for a second she thought that Pressy was reconsidering. And then he hands it off, and you see, like, you slip it into Dietrich's hands, and he sort of looks down at it. And, uh, you see her actually, like, she reaches to take it away from him. Uh, I pull out my manticles and I attempt to bind her. Alright, so uh, you are faster, so you can attempt to because your dexterity is higher. Why don't we just do this from the beginning? (laughs) 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 We we wanted to give her a chance. Yeah, that's true. We're idiots, and we have morals. How dare we have morals? Golf Cthulhu. Morals are always good. Alright, so you can uh, attempt to... I'll let you do like your fighting brawl to try to manacle her before. Oh, oh. my God. 
So you you go for uh, the manacle and you she reaches past and you don't get them on her. She attempts to uh, take the violin out of uh, the hands of her husband, but he sort of turns away with it and she is unable to take it away in that instant. But you you see that she's going to like she kind of has him by the shoulder and she's sort of reaching, still grabbing for it as he is putting it up to his like he's trying to put it up to his chin and she's pulling back on him and and she ha- and he's trying to put the bow to it. Dupois, do you do anything? Yeah, I probably bounce off the bed and I put my arms like around her neck and like try and pull her back off of him. Oh, wow. Make a make a fighting brawl. Just okay. suplex her. Yeah, right. yeah basically. All right. Um so you grab hold and pull her back as um oh, watch out watch out what was yeah. this is bad ball with a metal chair <laughs> all right i'm just imagining him with a hand that's a metal chair now <laughs> it's a metal chair yet but it, but it's still the size of a hand so it's just this tiny metal <laughs> it's, like it's, little, it's like a little piece of doll furniture basically but he still just cracks <laughs> all right so uh, you pull her back, so you go backward onto the bed where you were sitting, and now you have her in your arms. Uh, Pressy, you're sort of standing there, kind of a few steps from Dietrich. He sets the violin under his neck, he moves his fingers on the fretboard for a moment, and then he draws the bow across the violin. Uh, and a ripping and tearing note squeals out. It grows longer and louder resonating in your ears in your minds as the note is drawn out the room begins to grow dim around you Dietrich pauses for just a second there's just a beat where he pauses and then his fingers start to fly on the fretboard his the bow starts to blur his arm is just a blur of motion as he attacks the violin with impossible speed. Notes bursting through. Note, 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 note. It's so fast, impossible, you almost can't comprehend it. As though the instrument has a hundred strings and all of them are shrieking in agony. You... <laughs> Sorry. So, meanwhile, as this is happening inside... So, Babon, you had looped around, mm-hmm. and you had uh, tried to lose your tail before you started heading back. So you're coming up the street toward the apartment. Make a spot hidden check for me. <laughs> All right. Um, so you look around. You're certain that you have lost the tail as you're heading up going, you're maybe a block from the apartment door. And then you see, coming around the opposite street corner, five men clad in black cloaks. They round the corner and go into the door at the base of the apartment building. One after the other. Uh-oh. Um, how far away is that? So you're, you're just like a block away. And you have you kind of came around the corner. You did a stop. You kind of looked left, you know, and right. You didn't see the guy tailing you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then when you turn back to go around and head up the street to the door, you see these cloaked figures 
coming around the corner and just entering the apartment building. One, two, three, four. Are they five. um are they the only ones who are is it kind of just us on the street or is there like people about? There's a few people like doing just their daily business and you see some people at the other end of the road, like when they run past them, they sort of stop and look in surprise. One or two like shadier looking folks kind of turn and hurry up an alley mm-hmm. and kind of bolt away. Um as, as the you said there were five? Yes. As the fifth one is about to like turn in, mm-hmm. I'm gonna shoot at him. Ooh. In hope that like even if I miss, these two will hear a gunshot and kind of suspect something's happening. Okay. I'm gonna try and shoot at him. That sounds good. We'll see how this goes. All right. So, uh, because he he does not see you, you can roll with an advantage die. Okay. Oh my god. All right. So you, uh, what are you using? Your flint lock? Yeah. Can I luck this? Um. I still have luck. You do have luck. The one is a fifty-eight. So. Yeah. Like, I have four luck, so I can use three to make that a hit. Okay. I don't know if I can. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I hit him. Excellent. So you get to do some damage to him. Okay. Um, he did not see you coming. Uh, where do I click for the damage? Uh, so it should be uh, about halfway down the page. You should be able to see the damage for your flintlock. Okay. Um, if Actually, if you just want to do a regular roll, it'll roll the damage in the regular roll. Okay, yeah, I'll just do that. Oh, Ooh, all right. Why couldn't I have shot that? Well, you know. Damn. All right, so you seven. do set. So as this, the last one is running through the door. Um, you fire off your flintlock and you hit him in in like the side of his arm, and he slams against the door frame, and he turns and sees you, and he yells, "There, one of them," and. He kind of stumbles back out of the door, and the one that was running in in front of him sort of looks like he's coming back out as well. Okay. Um, but you don't see the other three coming out. Okay. So, let's see here. And you have a 50 for dexterity, right? Correct. Excellent. And they have a lot. All right. And I'm really hoping you guys heard a gunshot going off outside this building. <laughs> You're both going to make listen checks and not hear anything. Probably. I don't wow. know. That note was really loud. It was. So, yeah. um... Try to fire a warning shot. How do you make that violence sound like a gunshot? Weird. So wow. back upstairs, uh, the, the room... And the walls begin to crumble away around you. Oh, shit. Uh, well, yeah, we didn't do that. We're not here anymore. The top of the roof looks like it's melting, almost like an iris opening. And you can see overhead, it looks like a starry night sky. <laughs> okay, I know where we're at. Great. Um, Zahn is playing furiously, creating a tornado of force. And you are sort of pinned where you fell. So you are pinned to the bed, Dupois, holding Celine. Um, Pressy, you are kind of like 
you sort of fall against the wall and you can feel like the pressure of it, even as it crumbles around you. And you're kind of just like the last remnants of it are the only thing holding you. And you look around, and you see this abyss of stars around you. Uh, you guys can roll me listen checks. Sure. The one of us who can actually listen. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to die in vain. Or should I say, oh my Asaphal. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Cool. Uh, so, the uh, sounds that the violin is making bursts your eardrums. And, oh. And you're going to take some damage. Oh, so those weren't good listens. You wanted it not to succeed. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, oh, I thought you were damage. listening for my gunshot. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> All right, so uh, two hit points <laughs> of damage as your eardrums burst and your ears start to bleed. Let's see, Celine will also make a listen check. Oop. She extremes. Ah, so she she appears unharmed by the the sound of the music. Um. All right, so. The room begins to fill with the chill air of space. And suddenly there is no floor, there is no walls. You are simply floating in the emptiness. The demented musician is sort of hanging there in space, playing, as you all are now like staring terrified at him. Dupois, without even knowing it, your hands have sort of come free from around Celine and you like you're both just sort of like there in this void. Meanwhile, outside. Bavon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh these two police turn. I'm just gonna kill the police in this broad daylight. It's fine. <laughs> mm. Uh you have fired off your flintlock and the people who remained who didn't run when they first saw the secret police, uh you have terrified them, and they are bolting. You catch a glimpse in the small courtyard behind the apartment of Melody collecting up the little boy. Bonaparte, his hair raised on end, sort of standing in front of them protectively. And she's kind of ducking around the back, getting out of sight. Uh, One of these men draws his flintlock, and he aims it down at you. So he is going to shoot at you. Now, you can do... When he takes a shot, you can attempt to dodge, but if you do, you will not be able to take an action on your turn. Um, so that is a choice you can make. Yeah, I won't try to dodge it. Alright, so he's going to... I imagine Babylon's kind of standing there, like, arms out, just like, let's go. All right, so he fires his flintlock. (gasps) Fumble! And it backfires. He takes the two points of damage from this uh, as it backfires on him. Uh, And he, like, you see it, like, explode in his face. He kind of, like, ah, falls away to the ground for a moment. The one who you shot looks down in surprise. Uh, He also pulls a flintlock and he points it at you. And he fires. Bring it. So he will shoot you. Okay. You take three points of damage from the shot. 
And then That's it fine. is your turn. What do you want to do? Okay, now the flintlocks take four rounds to reload. They do. I'm just going to chuck my flintlock. <laughs> reach behind me, pull out my axe, and kind of just like crack my neck, hit it in my hand. I'm just going to charge. I'm just going to cleave at the one I already shot. Oh my. Oh I'm my. just. Babon is done. Yeah, all right. He's just going balls to the wall on this. All right. Let's see if I can hit this guy. No. All right. Uh, he he attempts to fight back as you uh, run at him. So he's going to, as you run at him, he abandons, like at first it looked like he was going to go for the reload, but he abandons that option. He's going to try to punch you as you come at him. So unarmed. So he will punch you for three damage. Okay. The force of the bullet that he just shot at you. Damn. I know. <laughs> and the other one is trying to, like, it, it exploded in his eyes. He's struggling to see. He's going to actually take two disadvantage dice to his attack because he fumbled on the last one. So he uh, swings blindly at you and misses completely as he does so but when he swings at you you can fight back if you want to and because he can't see you will have an advantage die am i still able to attack on my turn yeah, i just don't get how that works yeah okay. a dodge a dodge is like you're getting out of the way but when you're in melee combat you can try to fight okay. back yeah i'm gonna swing my axe around try and get him too okay because yeah <laughs> all right so you, you swing around and you cleave into him with your axe let's see if he like right into the stomach is probably where i was aiming at let's see if he is able to stay up or if he goes down all right so he uh doubles over in pain and he is bleeding profusely but he does not pass out i bet he wishes he had <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm sure Jesus. he does all right so then Upstairs. Ah, so the room filled with the coldness of space, the stars all around you, the rushing blur of wings as an unseen thing rushes toward you. You suddenly see the stars start to blink out one, another, another, until the sky turns to infinite blackness around you. Night yawns everywhere. And then out of nowhere, these shapes sort of come flying in and you hear shrieks as you see these men in black cloaks who have appeared from nowhere into this dark black space. And as they do, you see their legs go up and out from under them and they claw at nothing there's no nothing to grab there's nothing to hold and you hear them shriek in terror as one two three they're whipped up and into the darkness and they disappear upward and then dupois you hear a scream to your left and you turn to see celine her feet flicking upward and away as if gravity has reversed on her and she is yanked upward Shrieking as this happens. Bye. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dupont just waves. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. Bye, bitch. Zahn <laughs> okay. plays and plays deep staccato notes that blast from his disintegrating violin. They punch, oh my god. <laughs> they punch into the psyches of you both 
as you are left frozen in place listening to this music. You see that life on Earth is just an accident. There is no righteous order. It's all chaos. It's all chaos, you know. And as this cacophony of noise fills the room, you both hear this laughter. Like, it gets louder and louder and louder before you realize that it's both of you laughing hysterically <laughs> out of control. So you guys can both roll me a sanity check. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> yeah, let's just roll my little sanity check here. Yay. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. So meanwhile, meanwhile, outside, we'll come back. Hey, to Jeanette, remember you said this was probably going to be the penultimate session? Why? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there is no order in these things. It is all chaos. Meanwhile, <laughs> outside in the street, uh, the one police officer who you have now cut into his gut, he again yeah. tries to swing blindly up at you. So he's, this guy's determined. Damn. Yes. He will. He's. Oh, sorry. He's got penalty die. Oh, oh man. Okay. All right. Bow, so bow, bow, he bow. swings. You can. You can take another attack against him. Oh, I'm going to. So trust and believe. Do I get advantage yeah, on you, this? You do again? because he still can't see. His eyes are still <laughs> singed from the flintlock. Oh. Ooh. All God. right. Uh, you swing back around and you cut him down. He falls. Good. The other one uh, pulls out a cudgel. After I cleave this one, I'm going to just like slowly turn to look at this one. It's kind of like a, do you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, he he looks at you. He sees the other on the ground. He pulls a cudgel from inside mm -hmm. his boot and he tries to swing at you. But he swings wide. Do you take an attack on him as he attacks you? Oh, yeah, of course I am. I assume this one's not advantage. This nope, is just straight. This is straight. Yeah. Boom. Oh Twelve damage. Holy you shit! You cut down the second man with a like. You just resound, come off one. The other one tries to hit you. Just grab hold of the cudgel and slice into him and cut him down too. Can I like cut off his arm as like cruel justice? Sure. So you're since I'm handless. You're holding the arm where the cudgel was as he starts to slump. You just take your axe and slice through the arm, and you're holding his severed arm in your hand. The one or two people who stayed to watch scream. <laughs> they throw their hands up and they run. <laughs> okay. Um can I like do a very quick see if they have anything else on them? Like any flintlocks they didn't shoot or something? Okay. Sure, you quickly look through. Uh, the other one also has a cudgel, and they both have powder and shot for their flintlocks, but they both had fired the rounds that were in them. So okay. They have one apiece. Um, I'm going to quickly retrieve my flintlock that okay. I kind of just unceremoniously tossed, and I'm going to stand outside the door of the building and just start reloading that flint. I'm basically just going to be a guard right now, just start <clears throat> reloading my flintlock and just stand there. Covered in blood with my axe, just waiting. Because I assume more are coming. Excellent. Alright, so. <clears throat> upstairs. Man, I wish I was having as much fun as you, man. God damn. I just, like, <laughs> murdered this. Seriously, all I just hear was the Duke Nukem thing. I just heard, like, a dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Alright, so you both failed your sanity rolls, correct? Yeah. 
Sure did. Sanity, what's that? Holy crap! <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Alright, so amazingly enough, you only both will lose five points of sanity. Both could have lost all your sanity. Oh Holy shit. <laughs> well, I guess we only get we get to suffer a little bit longer, right? Yeah, Janek is a torturous just a little bit more. Um, Alright. So, uh, you both wake up both lying on the floor of the attic apartment. Your ears are bleeding. You look around. The apartment is in shambles. Though largely as it was, the walls intact, the ceiling intact, the floors, every, all the important pieces of the structure are there. You can see that there are scratch marks that go up the walls to the ceiling where the roof connects to the ceiling. Deep gouge marks, as if somebody clawed desperately, trying to stop themselves from being ripped out of the room. The, uh, you realize that this is where the men and even Celine were ripped away into the black. Because as you look around, Celine is nowhere to be seen. You see Dietrich lying on the ground, face down. He doesn't appear to be moving. Oh. What are you doing? Uh. Rosie probably, like, slowly gets up. I assume this takes us a while to get up. Mm. Probably have some crazy probably. tinnitus going on. Um... And he goes to the door. I don't know if you can hear what I'm saying over the ringing. Because I assume we got like some crazy ringing going on in our ears. Mm-hmm. Before I hear anything. Um, I mean, our, our eardrums popped. He's like, so. I need to get... I'm, I'm getting some air. As he probably stumbles down the stairs. Okay. Not, not because of physical strength, of course. Okay. So, Pressy stumbles from the room. He just wants to get out of there. (laughs) Dupois, what are you doing? Dupois probably just sits there for a minute and, like, just sort of, like, wipes his face. Like, what the fuck just happened? And then he'll sort of look around at, like, the scratch marks and the dude possibly dead and... We like we saw the dudes in the black coats, and like I assume we recognize that they were secret police. So Dupont suddenly like, oh shit, uh, we should probably go. <laughs> so then he gets up and he like stumbles out of the room too. Uh, you, you you don't check him? Fuck no! I don't, dude. I'm out. <laughs> okay. Okay. So as you're as you're stumbling away, uh, you your feet crunch on something, Dupont. You look, you look down and you see the shattered pieces of the violin. Uh, you can see uh, one hand from Dietrich that was like kind of sticking out, and the fingertips look like they're completely blackened. Oh. And you realize that um, you can see as you're moving away from him, it looks like the neck of the violin is impaled through like his neck. Oh. Okay. 
Well, thank you, sir. Sorry. And you leave the apartment? Yeah. You just orphaned a kid. (laughs) Meanwhile, Melody's like, yay, wee. Oh no, Melody's like, oh shit, the crazy one just shot somebody in the Yeah, she she collected the kid and the dog and she was like... (laughs) Just fucking chopped two people up. (laughs) Just like eviscerated two people. He's got his poodle finger hand and he's got his axe still blood all over it and he's just sharpening it, slowly whittling. (laughs) The street is surprisingly empty. (laughs) Whittling the cane. I wouldn't go on that street either. (laughs) He will probably just like walk around the corner, see the bodies, and just turn right back around. Nope. Go a long way back home. When, when Percy gets downstairs, he probably walks like he's in a trance, looking mm-hmm. at like something in the distance. Yeah. So you you are you are shaken, like physically and emotionally, just shaken. I look like so, I look like the guy in Reefer Madness, probably. Possibly. If you've ever seen that old movie. I. I almost suspect, like, as Dupois is, like, going on the stairs, he has to, like, hold himself against the wall so he doesn't, like, tumble down. Mm-hmm. He's just like, uh, 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 yeah, God, I wish I had a drink. Yeah, you find, like, <laughs> no matter the number of years you spent, Dupois, drinking and, and stumbling home drunk, uh, <sighs> you are, this is the most you've ever struggled. Like, your equilibrium is so completely off. Like, you miss a couple steps. Like, Pressy, you're getting down to the bottom, and you hear, it's hard to hear it, but you hear this dull, like, somewhere up above, as Dupois is trying to maneuver the steps, and he is just, like, missing, like, steps at a time, and he falls down. Uh, But, Pressy, you, you get down to the first floor, and you move to the front door, Open the door to the street. Uh-huh. Babon, what are you doing as the door to the apartment <laughs> opens? I assume I would have, like, heard them coming since they're not being very, like... No, heard. really? Well, make a listen check, because you have you do have issues with hearing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for you guys. Oh, I can't hear a thing. Oh, no, what a nightmare. Beyond critical. Negative one. Ooh. Yeah, so oh. you you actually don't hear them coming. So the door opening behind you surprises you. Um, I'd probably just whip around with the axe, like ready to go. I don't think I would swing yet. That would be freaking funny, though. That, that would be funny, but yeah. <laughs> it would. But like, he knows that like the people in black went in. But he's mm-hmm. not sure who would be coming out, so I think he would hesitate a moment before. Yeah, I mean it's like I get apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it could be anybody. So, he was more concerned about keeping people out, not yeah. keeping we, people in. We didn't we didn't go into detail for it, but this is probably not the first time you've done this. We've all been to war. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. Like I assume I somehow just found a cigarette somewhere and I've just been smoking it. Someone I gave you earlier that you didn't smoke. Yep. Oh. So. Um, Babon, the door opens and you have your axe up and you see Pressy uh, his like clothes are disheveled You, they have like dust bunnies on them um, he's out of sorts like his shirt where it was what, tucked in when you left here it's untucked 
uh, and you see like blood has like trails from where the blood has run down on either side of his head. Uh, His hair is completely discombobulated. His eyes are probably wide, uh, somewhat, you know, like the pupils Mm -hmm. a bit dilated, bloodshot, and he is pale. And Pressy, you see Babon standing with his axe in the air. Uh, He is covered in blood. And there are two slumped forms lying in the street just outside the apartment door. And there's also, where'd you put the severed hand? I think I just kind of dropped it. There's a severed hand holding a cudgel at the base of the stairs of the apartment building. (laughs) And this is what you see when the door opens. Are they in the way when I'm like walking forward? They're, they're no, we were of, kind of in the street. Yeah, they're kind of in the street. It was like a street fight, but I won. <laughs> I don't think it was a fight. No. <laughs> but the pressy probably doesn't even really acknowledge it at all. He just walks straight out there, looking like he's looking at something a mile away. And he goes to do the movie thing where you go to pull out the cigarette, but he's just shaking so much you can't light it. And he goes, oh, hey, glad you made it. Yeah, good good to see you, too. Like, just realizing he's not even, like, he's just, that boat's not going to draw attention to it. It's just kind of wait for it to click. Depressing, whatever, he kind of, like, comes back to reality. It's just like, hey, there are two dead bodies in the street, and my friend is covered in blood that may or may not be his own. It'll probably be a few minutes. I'm, I'm assuming our mm-hmm. <laughs> compatriot will be downstairs before then. Um... Make another listen roll, Bebom. Watch me get shot across the street. Um, <laughs> so you are facing Pressy, who has walked out into the street, when uh, you are startled by someone else exiting the building as Dupois makes it down the stairs <laughs> and comes out behind you. I, I probably don't react, because I assume if Pressy came out fine, Dupois probably fine as well well fine yeah you you look back and normally because i imagine if like dupois died or something pressy would be a little more uh i hope so uh you see dupois and dupois you've seen dupois on a number of of benders like you've collected him from bars you've collected him from alleys behind bars in your time together serving uh, he comes out, his hair, which is normally pulled back, his hair is, like, down around his shoulders. He looks completely disheveled. He also is, like, no color in his face. Um, and he seems to be, like, struggling to keep his balance, almost like he has had far too much to drink. But you know when Dupois drinks, he usually is more stable than when he doesn't. Yeah, really. Some just kind of look back at both of them. And go. So what happened to you two? Still puffing his cigarette. <laughs> we 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 heard the song. Oh, cool. Mm. How was it? I hope, I hope that violin didn't cost too much. As he says, just probably like as like more like not morning person in the morning. Just kind of like monotony. Just mm-hmm. blankly just goes to stare over. Oh. Well, that's a shame. We're a he didn't anyway. say anything else. Yeah, I mean, 
That was scary. So now what? Suddenly he just snaps back to reality. I mean, he already went go with the gravity, but now he's back to reality. <laughs> um, he, um, he's like, Melody! And he goes to turn around and try to find her. And Babal's going to look and go, the girl is what brings him back. Not... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so last you were told she was going to be in the courtyard behind the apartment building. I like to think that the, the, the dismembered hand coincidentally just landed on my boot and I just like kicked it off and just kept going. <laughs> All right. So Pressy runs around the side of the house to go to the apartment building's courtyard to find Melody, leaving uh, Babon and Dupois standing in front of the apartment. Dupois, you, you're starting to take in the uh, scene you see the two dead cloaked bodies. You see the severed arm, the cudgel still in the grasp. Glad you got away. Can't say the same for these two over here. <laughs> Three of them came inside too. Dead, dead. Or gone. Yeah. Something. We should, uh, we should probably go. Yeah, probably. Go and finish this shit. I think I have an idea on what we need to do. All right. We'll, we'll wait with pressing to get his thoughts on it. Mm. Find somewhere safer before we talk. Mm -hmm. So, Pressy, you round the, the building, you go into the courtyard, and um, you can make a spot hidden check for me. Boy. Oh boy. Uh, you look around and you don't see uh, Melody the boy and the dog. He probably actually does panic. He probably was like, Melody? Melody? And he's like looking around. He, think about it. This guy is just like in shambles. He really look, has crazy eyes on him. He just comes around the corner in this courtyard where there's no one there and just like screaming her name. Uh, after you scream it once and then um, you don't hear her right away because your ears are so bad. But then you hear Pressy, Christoph, and you see her emerging from like hiding in like a corner behind some crates, and you hear a little bark from Bonaparte, and she's holding Eronimus like she's got him kind of cupped in her arms, and she's like, "We're here, we're here. We hid when the when the gunshots sounded in the street." Oh, thank goodness you're okay. The little one looks at you and he goes. Mama? We gotta go. She she looks at you and she, like, kind of pats his head and she's like, do we take him back upstairs and then we leave? No. No, we don't. All right. Says, we're gonna go for a, a walk, little one. And she looks at you like questioning eyes, and she's like, Pressy, what happened? And she touches the side of your head, and she's like, You're hurt. What happened? If I can, I'm gonna cover the kid's ears. <laughs> Earmuffs. <laughs> Earmuffs, kid. <laughs> and then, even then, I say quietly to her, 
They didn't make it. What? Was it the... Were they shot? I mentioned debating if Prissy would lie to her or not. That is a good question. I think at this point, he would. So, yes. The child doesn't need to see that. She uh, looks at you and she says, No, no, no child should see that. No, we'll take good care of him. Yeah. She says, We should go. The, The gunshots were very loud. I can't imagine that the police won't be here soon. I mean, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> he's just not, he just wants to, I just want to get out of here. And the little one goes, Bubba Park! Bubba Park! And the dog will run after you. They round the court, so they come back around the building where you two do plot. And Bubba- <laughs> you probably should not bring it back to where the bodies are. <laughs> I was going to say, Dupont probably starts heading back after Pressy, after he runs off, you know. Okay, so, so, you, so you actually, because the courtyard's around this corner. Yeah. So you, you both go around the corner and leave the bodies in the street in the front? Um, I'm taking them yes. with us. And as we go, Babon's going to flick his cigarette at the bodies. Actually, Dupont would probably take, like, the flintlocks that are on the ground and, like, any powder and stuff. All right, yeah. you do see that the one flintlock backfired. It exploded. And, yeah, yeah, so there's the, the, there's the other one, though, that you can pocket and take with you. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so you guys pick that up and you round the corner as Pressy and Melody are coming out from the courtyard entrance with the little boy. And Bonaparte runs up to you, Dupois, and he kind of jumps up, puts his paws at your waist, and he's kind of trying to, like, lick at your face. Mm. <laughs> I, I, I give him like a half-hearted pet and just sort of like push him back down onto the ground it's like we gotta go we gotta go he, he runs around your your legs and you're still kind of unsteady he seems to take note and so he like stays on one side of you and like when you sort of lean he kind of bumps up against you to try to keep you up hmm. so he's keeping That's what just... he's keeping an eye on you so Such a good boy <laughs> He loves his Dupois. <laughs> go ahead. Where do we go next? I was I was thinking probably the graveyard again. That seems to have served us well as a hidey hole. Somewhere to, where we can talk in private. Hmm. I look over at Melody and the two-year-old child in her arms. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Scrappy Doo, kid with the gift. <laughs> He's part of the gang now. He's gonna have to deal with this. He just pee, he just pees on Pressy. Puppy power. Puppy power. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we keep comparing this to Scooby Doo? Why? Because <laughs> it just entered my head. Because I'm like, oh great, now we have Scrappy Doo with us. So Mystery Incorporated did go very Call of Cthulhu. Yep, true. We jump into our van and drive off. <laughs> Jinkies. <laughs> Alright, so you guys head back. Why don't you all uh, roll me some stealth rolls as you abandon 
the apartment of Dietrich Zahn and Celine Bassett. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh my god, I'm offended. Only one of us. Hang on, let's That's not good. (laughs) The one covered in blood is the stealthy one. Yeah, Duplass probably a fucking mess right now. Destroy us all to make it happen. Destroy us all. All right. So Duplass, you you are stumbling. Um, so Bonaparte is like now like physically like he sort of grabs on like to your hand in his teeth real lightly, and he is mm. like guiding you as you're like really struggling. Um. Pressy, you are also having a very hard time, like, you sort of, kind of, almost not blackout, but you kind of, like, have these moments where you sort of lose focus. So, Melody, like, comes up, she holds Aronimus on one arm, and she kind of puts her arm around your waist to kind of guide you along. And she looks at Babon and says, you should, you should lead the way, and... We will make sure that they don't fall behind. Okay. And I'll just take the lead. And you do kind of straggle out like a little bit. Like you, you're not really in like a tight group mm-hmm. um, because you're you're struggling so much. It takes you a little longer to kind of make your way back to this uh, area behind the monastery. But you do eventually make it. Uh, when you get there, Dupont and Pressy, you are both uh, sort of overcome. You kind of need to sit down as you're winded and like just completely sort of at just you feel like you've been awake for days. Pressy probably just lays down on his stomach, arms and legs spread out. Melody will will set down Aronimus and give him the ball to sort of roll to Bonaparte. And she sits and kind of like... Just kind of pats at the back of your head. It's all right. It's all right. You'll be okay. A few minutes go by, and you hear from the shadows, You've returned. Barely. You hear muffled in the grass. We should have brought that hand. Hand? You uh, see, you see the golden eyes of the ghoul kind of pop appear in the in the darkness of the shadows. Yeah, I, I kind of cut off somebody's hand, his whole arm, his whole arm actually. You you hear this like? Did you bring it? Unfortunately, no. It would have been nice. I am a bit hungry, but that is all right. Still muffled from the grass. His hand just pops up, like elbow still on the ground, but the arm pops up, and he goes to point at Babon and says, "Probably could have used it as a replacement." <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of look down at my middle finger hand and point it towards you. I like this one. <laughs> <laughs> he, the ghoul, like comes more fully out, and you, the little boy, like kind of like <gasps> looks like surprised and a little startled, and he runs back over to where Melody is. He sort of throws himself on the back of Pressy. <laughs> so Pressy, you kind of like, <sighs> and he's like looking back around Melody at the ghoul, a little bit terrified. So she just sort of like turns him away and is patting the back of his head. It's all right. It's all right. The ghoul looks at you all, one after the other. What's happened? 
What's wrong with them? Well, if I had to guess, I'm assuming they heard the song. What time of day is it? Uh, so you, it was morning, so it's yeah. literally like only probably around lunchtime at this point. Okay. Okay, regardless, um, Pressy's going to flip over onto his back. And he's like, we were up there, as he points straight up. You've heard the music. We. Then all that is left is to decide who. Who will be the one? Mm. He looks from one to the other of you. Dubois kind of just like lifts himself off the ground as best he can. And he says, I'll do it. <laughs> ah. Yes. You know what must be done then. You know. Hmm. I think so. I think so. I have heard you said there was a man with you who helped you escape a few days ago. That you was Sergeant? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Sergeant, yes. I have heard news about him. Oh, well, probably not good news, the way our luck's been going. No, he was arrested that day and put into jail. They took him before the committee. They decided to take his head. He is being held until the ceremony. Last night, someone tried to break him out. They were unsuccessful. Hmm. Upon Was hearing that, you? Chrissy fits up. <laughs> Do you know who it was? A man and a woman. I wonder who is. I have to look at their names. Hugo and Beaumain. Hmm. The rest of our little crew. They are also in jail. Oh, fuck. No, of course they are. God damn it. They will go before the committee. I can only assume what their fate will be. Hmm. There needs to be a sacrifice, right? Yes. What if I turn myself in? Melody my says goes, no! And my head goes on the chalking block. Would that count as a sacrifice? The ghoul's like, um, yes, one, one, one of you must be a martyr. And Melody is like, no, no. Uh, Babylon's gonna just kind of nod and go, I had a guess that whoever was a martyr had to be guillotined. Because mm -hmm. he heard the music, and with the symbols, it would send your soul straight to this guy, and that's probably how it gets stopped. Mm. The ghoul yeah. says, when someone who hears the music is a martyr and gives their life, the monster will be able to be killed. In the instant, in the oh. instant that this happens, you must be prepared to strike him and take him 
Oh, we have to fight him. Shit. Uh oh. Well, okay. Yeah, hearing that, Duplass just sort of leans over Pressy and just like, no. Have any sort of motions with his head over to Bonaparte and I totally forgot her name, Melody, uh, <laughs> and uh, the little boy. And he just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just sort of says, You have them to look after. I don't have anything. I'm already half dead anyway. I'll do it. You and Babon kill the doctor. Well, so be it. As I go to stand up, probably shakily. Melody probably, will help too. I'll probably help. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm like almost falling over myself. Yeah, I, say, I probably pull you down. Babal is going to go over and pick them both up. So, so Dupois leans down. You're still he, covered in blood and everything, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not washing this shit off ever. <laughs> he pulls Pressy up off the ground. He starts to overbalance backward. Melody tries to, like, balance. And then Babon comes up and sort of, like, man hugs both of you to keep you both on your feet. He's the bear of the group. Hmm. Still holding my axe and still covered in blood. I'm just wrapped around <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Rupa, Rupa, guys. So uh, the ghoul, the ghoul watches this, and then you hear a crunching sound as he is chewing on uh, what looks like the upper leg of something. And he says, "What will you do? How how will you do this now?" Do we know where the do we know where the guillotine stuff happens? So you guys know that the guillotine. Uh, you know where the plaza is. You know where the guillotine is. Um, you also know that Regalt has been attending the beheadings as like a mm-hmm. like that's what he does during when they have them. He goes and he will attend the beheadings. So you do know where this happens. You also know um, that the committee, uh, those arrested by the police, are put in prison and then they go before the committee, and the committee uh, decides. And lately, it has been, you know, beheading, beheading. Should we try to do this before our friends get beheaded, or...? We could somehow bust them out, they'd be helpful, but I don't know how we can do that. I don't either. The, uh, I don't. Would, would I know? From, how how well do we know the plaza? Like, would I like? Would I know the buildings nearby? Yeah, you you're very familiar with the area. Do I feel like there would be a good sniper spot? You, um, because you were with like the army, like you know. That there would be, but you also know that there is a, a pretty good presence of people there, like security-wise. So, 
you think that you would have to be very careful not to get caught if you were to try to find a position in the plaza. Well, I was thinking like up in a window somewhere, like an attic window. Like a book depository or something. Mm. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So you Wow, think... okay, we'll go there. <laughs> so you think you could find um it, you know, if you were careful enough, you you think you could slip in and find this place. And change the bolt of magic. Hmm. Well, is it recalled we have to hit? Because the way the ghoul was talking, it's like whatever his name is is going to appear. Hmm. And then we strike. Well, the monster is what the ghoul calls Regal, right? Yes. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I thought you. Sorry, I kind of spaced out. I thought you said the actual guy's name. I thought you said like Erasmus or what it was. Uh, Sorry. Azathoth? As, yeah, sure. Good old friend Azathoth. Look, there's too many names. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's true. I almost wonder if you guys couldn't lure Regalt somewhere else when it happens. But, like, it'd be really hard to, like, try and figure out timing with that. You'd have to. Do you think you'd be able to get him close to you when the time comes? As I look over at uh, Dupont. Maybe. That should leave him wide open, right? He'd be up on the stage. He would probably mm-hmm. love to have one of us on the guillotine. That's true. And if. Might even want to skip the committee since we kind of piss him off enough. If Hugel and the others are there. Maybe they could help if they're up on the stage as well. Hmm. And then we'd have to be close enough that we could rush the stage. Well, I would at least have to be close enough to rush the stage. That bone would be the most difficult thing, because if Pressy was up sniping, that's easy. Yeah, but I'd have to, be have to be near the... S- close enough to the stage that I could get there. Hmm. If we do it this way... If if you're able to blend into the crowd, it could work. Could. I have a feeling I'm probably a little bit wanted right now. Probably. I have a feeling we all are. Yeah. You're wanted. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I tip the top hat. Nice. I, I just oh, nice hat. Uh-huh. <laughs> hmm. What? I- I did kind of kill two secret police in broad daylight in the middle of the street. So. We kind of killed three, maybe? I'm not sure what happened. Would would you be viewed as heroic if one of you turned traitor on the others and turned them in for their crimes against Hmm. the state? What if if Pressy turns us in Oh, that would get me on this stage. It would, and I feel like Regal would want to make a spectacle, so he may do all five of us at the same. Want to do all five of us at the same time? Why wouldn't he just use hmm. me too? I turn you in, and then he just is like, "Okay, well, you're going too. You'll just go first. I mean, <laughs> we wouldn't turn ourselves into him, <laughs> him specifically. 
Let me just find some police or something. The ghoul says, What if you went to the committee, straight to the committee, to Robosphere himself? Hmm. Circumvent the monster. Do we want to... Me and Dupois turn ourselves in? And then Pressy just lays low and keeps an eye out. I almost think if we did that... If we we did that, there's a chance you could get beheaded before. Hmm. I almost think if we did do that, Babon, you might just turn me in. I could do that. That way, you could bring your axe, possibly. Mm-hmm. If we're both imprisoned, you couldn't do that. It would just be fists. Yeah. Melody, uh, looking from one to the other to the other, says, If need be, I could bring your axe to the plaza. Oof. Could. Could do that. Because I will not go far from Kristoff. So. No one will suspect a woman with her child. And she looks down at Aronimus mm-hmm. playing with the puppy. Yeah, because if we... If I turn you in, if they then turn on me, at least you and I are together. We don't okay. have to worry about Pressy getting swept up in it, too. That is a very good point. Okay. I think that's... Sounds like that's the most solid plan we got. Go straight to the committee. I think we should do that. And actually, I'll give uh, my footlocks to... A melody as well. Alright, she will put them in her in her bag that she has. Just I would case. probably give mine and my axe to her. Just because I don't think I can hide my flintlock in any way. So and then this way, if they don't try to kill me too, I could just come back and get my stuff. Um What was I gonna say? Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> Sounds like we've got our plan. We got a we got a plan. A plan. We got a plan. It's it's a heck of a lot better than no plan. Better than no yeah. plan. Exactly. There's nothing else we could really do. Uh, can I have to do this? So. Yeah. Either that, or I just kill you right now. <laughs> Jokingly, like Bob won't say that jokingly. <laughs> Wait, when you say it, it works. The, I don't think the joke works at the certain curtains. In the, <laughs> yeah. The hey, ghoul, this is gallows humor. We're all military people. We know how this is. The ghoul looks startled when you say that you might kill him now, and he's no, no, no. You know the dream. He must die on the blade. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say which blade, and I just start trying to like pull <laughs> <on> my axe. <laughs> the ghoul is like pulling at your arm. Like, no, no, no. Oh, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) No, me needs it. (laughs) Precious. Precious. All right, so when should we turn ourselves in is the question. Sooner the better. Because we want to do it before the festival. Oh, yeah. Because we can head this off before then. It would be better. Yeah. So, Melody and I will go off, and you two um, go to the council? 
Yeah. Mm. I feel like if one or both of us are going to get beheaded, you're going to find out. Like, I feel like Regal would be kind of boasting a little bit about it almost. If they need, if they need any more um, evidence to hasten your um, sentence, I take my hat off and put it on his head. Take <laughs> and give it to him. <laughs> this might suffice. Okay. I, I kind of take a little bit of blood off my face, kind of smear it a little bit on him. Also, you two will need this more than me as I hand you the really nice hand uh, engraved cigarette case. Mm. Mm-hmm. With X amount of cigarettes still inside. Yep. Oh, and I have a manticles and a key. You, wanna, mm. you do. You wanna you wanna cuff him? That may I think so. <laughs> I'm literally hand you everything I just stole yeah. off of him. Yeah. <laughs> like because if I cuff him and I'm all bloody, it can almost look like he was trying to fight me off. Yeah. Put blood on my knuckles. Yeah. I'll, I'll just kind of like, I don't know whose blood at this point, just kind of bloody <laughs> up a little bit. <laughs> they don't have DNA. It could be two dead pri- secret police people. Who knows? All right. So, Pressy, you're going to take Melody, the boy, and the dog, and you're going to go to ground? I, I guess. <clears throat> we don't have the, we don't have the closure the time for it, but I'd like to have a nice last dinner with everybody. <laughs> but none of us have the clothes. We have the money. We just don't have the clothes or the time to get. Yeah. The money. Actually, Dupal will probably give Pressy all of his money that he has on him. Oh God, why? Right, he doesn't need it. <laughs> and he probably shakes Pressy's hand and says, "It's been good to serve with you." Oh. Pressy probably does have like the movie War, like like cry. The lone manly tear. As he just equally firmly shakes your hand. <laughs> All right, put the manacles on. I cuff him up. Let's do this. Let's Melody do says, uh, "Is there no one you you need to say farewell to, Dupois?" I pull up on apart. Oh, don't don't make us go through this. <laughs> you're the one that wants to sacrifice yourself. So you're like holding Bonaparte up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm probably, I'll probably look at him in his sad puppy eyes for a little bit. And I was like, no, I'll lean over and give him a little kiss on the nose. No, be a good boy. And I'll pet him. He licks your face. He's like. <laughs> And the little one's like, Papa Par. You take good care of him. Puppy. Okay. Mm, puppy. Mm. He pets him too. And then he, the little boy kind of puts his hand on your cheek too. Like, pets your cheek. <laughs> Dupa. Dupa probably just sort of like turns and is just like, let's do this. Trying to hide that he has tears in his eyes. <laughs> Alright, so Pressy and Melody, you turn away. Bonaparte sort of like looks back, confused as as Dupois and Babon, you head off in the other direction. 
No. The ghoul uh, says, Bon chance, mon ami. And I give him a nod. Probably as we start parting, Babylon's going to like turn back and look at Erasmus. That's the boy. Erasmus. Erasmus. He's going to turn back and look at Erasmus and kind of have the flashback of Cesar. Because Cesar was an orphan and he adopted him. So he's kind of having like that moment there as he starts leading Dupois off because Babylon has no idea if he's going to make it out of this. Mm. Little one's like, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. I just wave back. And then you guys part ways as Dupois and Babon, you head toward the committee offices to turn yep. yourselves in. Well, I'm turning him in. Yes. I don't think... Yeah. So, so you make your way through the street and you quickly get to the offices of the committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are police who see you and they come up and they halt you. What do you do? Halt! I have an enemy of the state here. I'm turning him in. We we have uh, orders to arrest someone, both of you who of your description. He. What do you mean he is the enemy of the state? We are told that you both are enemies of the state. I'm gonna spit on the guard. I'm gonna say, long live the king. He, uh, like, slaps you across the face, and the other one looks at you, Babon. You take five damage and die. (laughs) (laughs) Someone go get pressy now. Oh, god damn it. Uh, No, he doesn't hit you hard enough to do any physical damage. He just backhands your insolence. Mm -hmm. Um, That'd be hilarious. (laughs) What do you mean that you are not, that he is the enemy when we have been told to find you both? I found him butchering two policemen in the street. Took all my strength to f- pull him off of them. Look, look at me. And like, I kind of like let it be seen how I pretty beat the crap up. So. Why don't you Mm-mm. you can roll me what is, whatever's better for you, be it fast talk, persuasion, or do Would he have advantage yes. if I like just sort of like like pull against him and just like I should have killed you too, you son of a fucking revolutionary and just you know all sorts of bad language derogatory things. Yeah, he, yeah. He would have advantage on his role. Okay, it's fast talk or persuade. Yeah, I have the same score in both. It looks like so. I'm going to go with fast talks because this seems a little more fast talky. Hmm. Um, so they seem like they're not completely convinced by this. Why don't we let the prosecutor decide for himself? In- Fine. Inside both of you. So they and I kind of like, I kind of like roughly pull Dupont with me. Uh, the one that he spit on will kind of help. He kind of insinuates himself into between the two of you and kind of pushes them along. The other one gets in behind you as they lead you into the building. Um, and they met. They ask someone, they say, get the prosecutor for quoi? 
bring him here. And they bring you into like a private meeting room mm-hmm. and sit you both down. They put Dupois kind of at the table in the center. They have you like in a chair off to one side and they wait and you kind of wait for a few minutes before the door opens and this tall, well-dressed man walks in. What is this situation? And the guard looks and says, we have these two men. They both match the description of men we were looking for. And he points at Babon in the back and says, this one claims that he has collected the other. That this one, and he points at Dupois, who is sitting in the chair closest, murdered two of the police in the street. Where was this murdered? Where did it occur? Um, Dupois probably near the theater of Fadu. Before Babon can like even finish, Dupois probably just like, I would have killed even more of you so-called police. You're not police. Nothing in this country is as it should be because you overthrew the king, the person that God chose. Yes, I said God. He, uh, he says, quiet you. And he looks at Babon and says, the, we, we are in fact missing multiple men who arrived at the residence in that area earlier today. You say, we found two bodies. Where are the other three men? I don't know. When I, by the time I arrived on the scene, he would hack the arm off of one of them. I just did what I could to pull him off. Gotten some lucky shots on me, too. He looks you up and down. He looks at Dupois more closely. He says, where are the other three men? Me? Yeah, me? Yeah, he's looking right at you. Where are they? If you killed the other two, where did you do with the three that went with them? I just sort of smile at him and just sort of, wouldn't you like to know? (laughs) Maybe we'll go easier on you if you tell us. (laughs) I don't want you to go easy, you revolutionary scum. Hmm. I'll die for my country. He looks at uh, the two guards and he says, uh, take this one and lock him up. I will deal with him later. I want to talk to the other one. And they grab you under the arms and they kind of like start to lead you out. Okay. And Babon, Babon, you see Dupois get dragged away and out the door. And then this prosecutor shuts the door and says, sit. And he points at the chair that Dupois was just in. I sit. He sits down across from you and looks at you closely. So you bring this man here. He was, if I got the information correct, were you not comrades in arms? Did you not fight together many years ago? That was many years ago. You were a good soldier in your time, were you not? 
Yeah, and I have the scars to prove, and I kind of hold up my wooden hand. <laughs> you flip him off. <laughs> yeah, unintentionally this time. Like, he's really just trying to, like, go along with it. You are such a patriot for your country that your son now serves. If I, if you are not the man I think you are. Cesar Babon's father. Correct. He left... Was, I think it was yesterday or this morning. I don't remember. Yeah, it was like the day, but it was like yesterday. It, yes, he went off just the other day to his post, fulfilling the duty that he should for this country. You will denounce your comrade in a written statement. Will you not? Denounce that monarchist scumbag? Of course. He stands up and goes to the door. He opens it. He says something to somebody outside the door. A few minutes pass and they come back and they bring, uh, somebody comes in and they have like parchment and they write down your statement if you'll Mm -hmm. give it. Yeah. So they record it as you give it. And he turns and slides it over to you when they're done. He says, read it. And you read it over. Is it pretty much what I said? Yeah, he basically took it down word for word. Yeah. You will you will sign this. You knowingly sending this man who you once served to his death. That's not the man I served with. And I take the quill and sign. So he lets watches you sign it. He takes it back, reads it through. He initials it at the bottom and hands it to the clerk. We will move his case up to tomorrow. It will go forward very quickly. He looks at you, Babon. He says, you will have an escort for the night and are expected in court tomorrow to give testimony. All right. As long as your testimony continues and matches in the same as you, what you have given us here, you will be exonerated of all charges. Thank you. Thank you. And he walks you to the door where there is an escort waiting to take you home. Okay. Me- I don't even know. Do I even have a home? Yeah, you and Cesar have a house. Okay. I didn't know if we st- still had that or not. Okay. Yep. No, you still yep. lived in Paris uh, to present day. All right. In fact, that's where you went to see Cesar when you... Right, uh, right, right. Yep. ...brought him into all the drama. Um, mm-hmm. So you you are given an escort that will escort you back to your home for the evening and will bring you to court in the morning. Meanwhile, Dupois... You are dragged off to a cell. You are walked up to this through this dark, dank corridor down through into the lower levels. They take you and they unlock a cell door and they shove you in and lock the door behind you. And then they stroll away. And you can hear other people in the cells around you. And then you hear a voice from across the hall in the shadows say, Oh no, I thought that you would have escaped, Dupois. Mm. And you see a... Uh, couple days unshaven sergeant across the hall from you and as you look around in a couple cells down from you you recognize Beaumains and across the hall from him you see Hugel and Beaumains says "Ah, so it is all of us together again except what has happened to Pressy and Babon they're stopping the end of the world and the sergeant just sits across from you and nods and I think that's a good place to stop (laughs) so woo (laughs) (laughs) how you guys doing i'm doing great (laughs) doing great yeah i was doing fine up until you 
Dupois said goodbye to Bonaparte, and I was like, no, oh. oh, not the puppy. <laughs> I knew that would kill me, but it would kill me more if he never got to say goodbye. I know. That's true. It was bittersweet, but I'm like, oh, the puppy. Your puppy. The puppy. Oh, my. Bonaparte. Good thing the puppy wasn't there. We might have had Bonaparte. to use it. I know. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Melody. Um, I never thought I'd heard Dubois was no Dylan even say thank you Melody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. That's outstanding. <laughs> Look how far we've come, you guys. All right, so um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Holy crap! I did not read Zoom chat, and there's a whole Zoom chat. <laughs> I'm gonna have to oh, go back yeah. and watch it on Zoom just so I can watch the chat. Wow. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to reread that. That's great. I I, I know I know how to comment. That's mm. awesome. <laughs> All right, so um, why don't we? Uh, so that is uh, where we will stop for tonight for the game. We'll be back in two weeks for the final session, final chapter um, of this adventure, and we'll see what the uh, the end result is. Thank you for joining us for Uncanny Adventures podcast. Come back next time to continue our adventures.